This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Evening. Howdy. How's it going? Pretty good. It's going great. Good. Jared, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Houston's own distillery, Whitmire Stilling. Original whiskey. EY. Um, It's a bourbon and rye mix. Got this for Christmas. Uh, It is... 110.2 110.2 proof. It's really cool because they're right down the, the information on the bottom. 55.1% uh, and batch number 16. So, what did you say? EY? Yeah. W H I S K E Y. Oh. Some have just Y. That went right over my head. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What John? What the the Y the K Y? What is the Irish? That's actually a well, sex jelly. It? Huh? K Y is a <laughs> jelly used during sexual intercourse. Oh, Jesus. wow! Y'all try to keep the editing to men. <laughs> Whiskey with a <laughs> Y. Scottish. There we go. Thanks for clearing it, clearing everything up. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I like the EYs. I've never been much on uh, Scottish whiskeys, I don't think, or scotches. I don't think you got to be Scottish to have the, the spelling that way. What is it? Uh, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Jack Daniels? No. Big George Dickel. <laughs> Is he a they, Scotsman? They spell whiskey with a with a just a Y. I don't know, maybe. Ah, beyond me. I'd take the H out if it was up to me. <laughs> it's because Dickel believed his product to be as smooth and high quality as the best Scotch whiskeys. Wow. So he just said, I'm one of y'all. Mm-hmm. I identify as SKY. <laughs> what are you drinking? John, I'm just drinking this here HEB sparkling water in a can. I am Man, mighty fine. John, what you got? <laughs> I'm drinking reduced hydrogen peroxide. Shut the front door. <laughs> also known as water. I was going to try re- to look up a ridiculous name for water that I could say. <laughs> We're going to have to rebrand to the Teetotaler podcast <laughs> bookshelf. Yeah, for too long. Now I'll never be a teetotaler. I think it's a recipe for a short life. 
if I'm the only one drinking on this show, there's a problem. <laughs> or things are a changing for the better. <laughs> this is my first my first dry episode ever, I think. Yeah. There might be so one why, there might be one more in there somewhere. Barry, why why are you going dry? Well, I was so dang inspired by John's 75 hard that I decided to do one myself. Wow. Me and my wife. Right on. Proud of you. You can, you can mail your booze over here if you uh, know. The booze, the booze can wait just fine for me in my <laughs> on the shelf over there. <laughs> Staring at you. Yeah. We're Good on day, a day. I think this was five. Wow. I'm finished my gallon. So, yeah, that's day five. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. Going good. I've got a, I've got this little chest cold that I'm ready to have cleared up. That way I can kind of get back after my workouts full force. Yeah. But I'm still doing them. And I'm enjoying it. I hadn't, I haven't had a moment of weakness yet. Good. What are your workouts looking like? Um, today I did 45 minutes on the treadmill on a 9% incline, mm. uh, which I did. I picked 9% because that, that mimics a, a race I've been looking at. And then, uh, this evening I walked 45 minutes just around the neighborhood with my wife and son is nice and cold. And then before that, the other days of the week, I've been doing some just kind of a little warm up, like 15 or 20 minute cardio and then lifting for whatever, whatever the balance of that time is. And then just walking every evening. I think I'm going to maintain the evening walks. I really, I like it. Get that walking challenge done. Yeah. Strava. That's a hard badge. Well, yeah, it's a ton of time to be walking. Well, how far it? is it? Fuck, I don't know. They've got different levels. The uh... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Drop my coaster. <laughs> Next week, I'm going to start running again, probably. What are you hoping to get out of this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> mental mental toughness more than anything which i think i already have a fraction of depending on what the focus area is but <laughs> i want it to be more more universal mm-hmm. i think that was the number one takeaway from mine was just being able to stick with something mm-hmm. i mean i noticed tonight even at dinner uh Luke was having some croutons on his salad and usually I'd reach in there and like pluck one out and eat the crouton. And tonight I was about an inch away from grabbing it. And I said, Oh, you better stop. <laughs> Be back to day one over a crouton. Yeah. I already feel like it's been a huge time commitment. And so, I mean, that alone is, is helping to keep me on the path. I think even though it's only been five days. 
What diet? Kathy's doing great too. Yeah. Um, doing the same thing, or? Yeah, we're just or eating just meat, eating and meat and plant matter. Nice. Mostly fruits. <clears throat> That's good. And berries. And lots of meat for me. Berry eats a berry. Yeah, I've been having I've been having meat, avocados, and fruit is about it. I had some zucchini tonight, which was good. Oh yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Seventy yeah. more days. We're excited for you. Thank you. Get her done. <sighs> Any advice, John? Just use that app and. Make sure you get that damn photo out of the way. Yeah, I've been. It's so easy to forget, but I've At been trying to do it just right when I wake up. Yeah, what, you have to post one in tidy whities or what? No, nah, you just gotta take one. You don't have to post oh. it. That's the only thing you have to put a picture in. <laughs> you might as well make it tidy whities. I don't know if I have any tidy whities. I did all of mine naked. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him permission to use my data. <laughs> he, used I don't think, he never reshared it that I remember. <laughs> <clears throat> I've already lost about eight pounds, I think. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm having a I'm having a butter coffee in the morning too, a bulletproof coffee. I forgot to mention that. Except I don't do the ghee. I'm just doing the MCT oil. The, the thing I did for the water was I, I filled up a gallon jug. I know you guys have water issues out there, but we re- refilled a gallon jug every day, and I'd pour that into a Nalgene. So I would, one, it'd be a smaller uh, thing to tackle. Yeah. And two, I also had a visual of how much I had left instead mm-hmm. of just going to fill up the Nalgene. Yeah, I've been doing mine out of the Nalgene and and yesterday, sorry, yesterday I couldn't remember how much I had drank. By the time I got home, I'm like, I think I've had three, but might have only been two. Better start (laughs) over. Yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of water to start over after two Nalgene. (laughs) (laughs) Did y'all ever say how far the Strava walking challenge was? I never. I haven't seen no, it. Uh, no. I'm surprised John doesn't know. I've been trying to get him on Strava for three years, and now that he's on, he's all in. He's a machine. He's oh, a monster, yeah. dude. <laughs> he's like sending me videos of how to do stuff on. <laughs> Here's that how was in Garmin Connect. Watch. Too. I've been making routes. Like a madman. And so you're making the route in Strava and then importing it into Garmin Connect. Yeah, that's probably an additional step I didn't really have to do, but I've just been using Strava. You can make the route in Garmin if you want. But I had it was so I could put it on my watch. Yeah. Well, I like the route maker on Garmin too, but Really, Garmin for me is just to keep track of how far I've gone. 
50 kilometers. I'll get that for sure. 31.1. Get that this week. I've already done like 13 or 14, I think. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's harder than you think, too. You know, I mean, I feel like I've been running. It's almost like it's totally different muscle base. Maybe it is. I, I've been, I'm still run walking and like sometimes my walks hurt more than my runs. Yeah. I really think, I mean, in Paladuro, it, I think it hurt more to walk than it did to run, but just physically, I barely had the energy to run. So I had to deal with walking. Jared? Yeah, it's tough. No. <laughs> <laughs> Long day. Jared's got PTSD. I'm looking at yeah. <laughs> well, I don't even really want to talk about There's it. There's a piece of my soul left up there on the lower Comanche Trail. <sighs> Good. Everybody should leave a little of their soul out there, probably. So, Where's the lower Comanche at? Um, it's, it's below the upper one. Um, on the <laughs> <laughs> it, it's actually like, parallel to it or perfect well it's a continuation of, <laughs> um, isn't it sorry i'll just look it up <laughs> no 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 like it, it goes it's, it goes like midway up the wall yeah it didn't it, john when <laughs> we were going to paladero it didn't exist oh i thought this was big bad i'm sorry no i, I knew what you're talking about now <laughs> What? Well, Jared, how was Big Ben's? <laughs> oh, I, man. I, I, dude, that might have been the best weather we've had in five years, six years, probably. I believe it. Man, it was phenomenal. It looked <laughs> nice. To just cruise around in your in your uh, shorts if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, dude, just the sun. We got a few raindrops on our second night. There, really the, the cold front was coming through got really windy did it get cold it got real cold up here uh it didn't get like suit i mean it was kind of cold the second morning this would be new year's day um up in the basin but by the time we got to the to the to the parking lot it wasn't it wasn't that bad but that night that night it got pretty cold i think it got down like 30 low 30s is that when y'all did emory on New Year's Day? Yeah, we did Emory's on New Year's Day. Did you go all the way up? All up the, the scramble? Up. Yep. All the way to the top. It was, a, it was a great way to start things off. And it was nice getting there early because uh, there weren't that many uh, people up there hanging out. But, man, on the way down, dude, there was a line of – there was definitely a line of people coming up. Like Everest? Yeah, yeah. just like Everest. Maybe a few less. <laughs> um, were you all the first ones up? Because we were the first ones to the window, which I think no. is – I kind of have – feels like a brag to me for some reason. Well, I mean, dude, we would have been – we the when we did Emory, when we were driving up to the, the parking lot, someone – had their headlamp on and they were at the window. Oh, really? Like at that pour off. Yeah. It, dude, it was like pitch black though. So I don't know. 
we don't know like what what they were what they were doing or i mean they're just getting maybe some photos some long exposure shots but yeah there was definitely a light right there for a little bit like they were looking out at the pour off but so it'd be real cool to go on a midnight hike out there yeah all the weird <laughs> the weird sounds you always hear there's some big animals out there but it was great i we really enjoyed our our run barry it was nice seeing you yeah good seeing y'all out there and... it was a good run sorry i slowed y'all down so much no dude we were that wasn't what it was about <laughs> <laughs> there no, was pretty long stretches of the trail that weren't runnable I thought that Oak Springs, well, climbing up on Oak Springs is definitely not runnable. No, no. And the, there's just that, I wouldn't call it cobble. What, what would you call it? Just a little, real flaky. Mm-hmm. And it's real deep, too. You kind of just Sand slide stuff. around on it. Yeah. That was, that was pretty wild. But, dude, that was, that was beautiful. I think my favorite part was running on the, on the ledge. On the ring, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was real cool. <clears throat> Got I saw y'all footage. did a, what, Dog Canyon? Is that the one you and I did? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The little flat one. Yeah, we should have finished that out because it got real cool down there. Yeah. We were in a hurry to go w- wait for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what kind of restaurant doesn't open at 11, though? <laughs> Dude, they weren't open at all. Uh you know, I left and I said I was going to stop at Brick Vault. They were closed once I got there. Dang, man. Sucked. I've been hyping it up, too. I was calling Luke and Kathy, getting orders to bring stuff home. and <sighs> Came home with Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what did you eat instead? Did you, did you stop Nothing. at the French grocery? No, nah, I, nah, I just went home. Damn. I stopped in Fort Stockton and peed and got a red bull and cruised on home it actually rained on me from uh, about fort stockton to monahans which was nice really yeah just a fun little tidbit of the trip and the border patrol crossing was open too john you missed out on that luxury last time but it was open they checked you yeah they stopped me holy shit it was closed when we went through really what the hell profiling it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) they ask me all kinds of questions and they're always trying to trip you up too probably because you're the first person they've talked to in a long probably but no it was cool glad glad y'all got to go and have good weather i'm glad i got to come down too for a day I was definitely coyote jealous. Thing. Yeah, John, you should have flown out. John, we had we had a coyote experience what that the, morning. Oh, you you heard the video? Yeah, yeah. seen that video. Dude, that was wild. That was a good one. That was one of my better ones that I've had. Where'd y'all camp? Terralingua Base Camp. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was it was better than I. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect of the private campground, but it was more than sufficient. It was also nice to have a fire. Mm-hmm. 
And I took my blow up mattress. I've had this twin size blow up mattress for years, <laughs> just sitting around. And then, kind of, kind of, somewhat spontaneously, I'm like, I'm gonna take this blow up mattress and see if it'll fit in my tent. Sure and sure enough. enough, it did. And I mean, game changer. <laughs> I'll never need a hotel again. <laughs> <laughs> Fell right to sleep, huh? Yeah. I slept good too, and I was warm. I mean, uh-huh. granted, it was pretty warm, anyways. But what books y'all got, John? <laughs> I got uh, "North" by Scott Jurek. Jared, bro. Um, I have "The Alaskan Laundry" by Brendan Jones. What do you have? I've got "Gwendy's Magic Feather" by Richard Chismar the sequel to the last last book I brought on. The Magic Feather? Yeah, something like that. The French Tickler? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, let's hear about North. All right. I had uh, North by Scott Jerk and his wife, Jenny. Oh, Jenny Jerk. For those who don't know, uh, he is a seven-time Western States 100 uh, champion. Oh, wow. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. He, probably Which the greatest. No joke. Yeah. Probably the greatest ultra runner of all time. And he is also in the book Born to Run, which I covered recently. Uh, he was the one that they brought down to uh, who Caballo Blanco brought down uh, to run against the Tara Humara. Uh, he, was, wait, wait, he was? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I wonder how they, how, man, convincing a legend like that to come down. But anyway. Persistence. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So at the end of, uh, he had uh, he had already done all his uh, accomplishments all of his accomplishments and he was on the downside of his career he didn't really know what he wanted to do and he and his wife were out hiking the uh, pacific crest trail and he got inspired to go get the uh fkt or the fastest known time on the appalachian trail and so this is this book kind of covers uh, his journey through that. It was, I remember following it a little bit and kind of just assumed that he just woke up every day and ran fifty miles and then went to sleep in his hammock and then he did it again the next day. And that he's Scott Jurek. He's not. He's the best. <laughs> That's just what he did. I, there was a lot of challenges along the along the way, including logistics. Um, his wife actually uh, ran the van for him. So they, she just met him up every night and they, he actually slept in the van and didn't hardly camp at all. Um, but he got a, he got a rude awakening out there uh, a few days in with how much, how taxing the whole thing was going to be on him. And, it was it was an interesting dialogue. Half the, of each chapter was written by him, and half was written by his wife. Uh, That'd be I, cool to see both sides of it. I think. Yeah, it was because she was a she was dealing with all this craziness while he was out there just was running. She was handling right. the, the logistics of it all. Yeah, 
and several friends would come and help him. Wow. They'd either pace him or help her uh, move the van. Uh, But they uh, they were talking about one time in there, or just a problem they were having is uh, Scott's really uh, an extrovert and loves having all these people out there with (laughs) him, and she's not. (laughs) (laughs) And they had a few run-ins. And she's the one that'd be dealing with them too. Yeah, she'd she'd be in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere, and people would get out of their cars and start approaching her because they were looking for him. Wow. (laughs) And at one point he was ready to quit because of all the, all the weird interactions she kept having. Yeah. That'd that'd be a huge, I mean, it'd be hard to focus when you're wondering what's going on with her out there. I would think. Yeah. What was some of the weird shit happening? It was just people sitting in cars at parking lots that look suspicious and fans that would come up and just, one guy um, wanted a picture with her, and then he said, "With her, did it, yeah, just and he, she just did it so he'd go away." And then she went and got back in the car, and he walked over and uh, opened the door and said, "Hey, I've uh, this picture didn't turn out well. We need another one." Oh, really? <laughs> and, yeah. What in the world? Yeah, that wouldn't I wouldn't be tolerating that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, happening with my wife. Yeah, they eventually got she was with someone most of the time about I don't know after a quarter of the way, so he got people to come out and stay with them that they knew. God, that'd be trying to sleep knowing all those kinds of weird folks are around too. Yeah. And hey, they weren't like where, sleeping on the where trail. Were they, were they, they in were Georgia when that happened? <laughs> they were a lot they of it. They were in Georgia. They were in Georgia. <laughs> I'm telling you, right? I think they did have a weird encounter, but I think that, that one I described was actually in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, but, that makes that sense too. I could see that too. So did he get it? Yeah. Uh, he, he did. He, he was told he was stupid uh, for going uh, northbound. Apparently, it's a lot easier to go southbound. Um, and, I mean, this was six years ago, and it's well known. But a guy came and helped him. He's actually uh, the speed goat, um, who your shoes are named after. Oh, really? I can't remember his name at the moment. Uh, yeah, him. And he was out there helping, but he was also gathering information for his attempt. He actually tried yeah. it several times, and he actually got it going southbound the next year which i think it's since been taken over too by someone else but i watched a documentary of somebody who did it going southbound a long time ago i couldn't tell you what it was called i don't even remember Ah, he did said it i think at the time you're going for an ftk fkt yeah I bet he was mentioned in the book. I don't. I, I don't know who, who it is, but yeah, I I might have been the speed goat for all I know. What's Carl his Meltzer. name? Carl Meltzer. He's on that. Um, 
Trail Runner Nation a lot. That a podcast? Yeah, highly recommend. Great stuff. But uh, yeah, Jurek just attempted this summer another attempt at his FKT, but I think he got injured or something. He had like a hip problem or something like that. He got injured on this attempt too. I think he said he tore his ham his quad or his hamstring. Oh wow, kept That's going. Pretty legitimate injury. Yeah. He kept going. Yeah. Fuck. Was, I mean, I, it's one thing you, you screw up your seventy five hard on day twenty five. You're you start over. You quit. Yeah, out there it's you got to wait till next year. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, it's kind of a now or never thing. Mm -hmm. And who knows? I mean, he probably had financial obligations too. (laughs) Yeah. To push through (laughs) or motivations, I should say. A book included. Oh, yeah. He needs to go try the Arizona Trail that nobody can seem to get done. I'd love to see Candace attempt it and follow her and she can get past Candace Bird is who I'm talking about. She'll get there eventually, I think. Maybe. Seems like her focus is on other things right now. I thought about entering the Moab 240 lottery. Just to see? Yeah. I'm probably – surely you have to have some kind of qualifications. Um, I do got some one star reviews. Yeah, let's hear them. I'm gonna read. He's the a vegetarian. <laughs> He's a vegan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. My bad. Mass story. Weird commentary on the South, which I do think the South got some pretty harsh uh, stereotyping from him. Uh, pages out of order. Check the hardcover book for missing pages. Oh. Another not a great read and odd commentary on the South. <laughs> Man, oh, some, this giant, is... some funny things probably happen out there in them woods. Yeah. <laughs> funny one of the worst funny. or one of the worst self-centered, self-absorbed egomaniac journey <clears throat> I've ever read. Wild was a much better read. Wild what? being the uh, Pacific Crest Trail with uh, that one woman who they made yeah. a movie about. Yeah, she had some weird name. She's also from Minnesota, I believe. Like Scott is. I'm trying to find the FKT for that that um that stretch, but I cannot. For what stretch? Find it on here, like the entire length from Georgia to to Maine. Wait, I guess that's a good uh, it's, distance it's on... to have. I found it. You found it? Is it yeah. on FKT.com? Yeah. Or fastestknowntime.com. I don't know if that's different. Oh, yeah, fastestknowntime.com. So, what, what's the name of it? Fastest Known Time. No, I mean the, the trail. The, the section. Uh, route is the Appalachian Trail. Just that's it. Nothing yeah. else. I just Googled it. Oh. And it took me to it. I, I had a hard time finding it on the website. But uh, so Scott set the record for the overall northbound or southbound at 46 days, 
and eight hour eight hours and seven minutes in 2015. Uh, since been overtaken, um, Carl uh, Metz, Metz Meltzer yep. set it southbound the next year for 45 days and 22 hours. And then someone in 2018, Carl Sabe, uh, got it got it down to 41 days and seven hours. Wow. Yeah, find his Strava. That's that's over 50 miles a day, isn't it? It's yeah. Let's see. The whole thing is actually 2,189 miles with a vertical gain of 465,000 feet. Wow. Jesus. (laughs) Dude, just the Smokies part has me sweating, man. Yeah. Because there's some huge climbs. You know, the book gave me some good perspective, too. You think of the the Appalachian Trail as just this, they call it the Green Tunnel. And in my head, it's just this nice, smooth path with the trees over, over you the whole time. Uh, but there's a lot of places on there that you're scrambling over rocks. They call Pennsylvania yeah. Rock Sylvania because you're just walking on rock the whole time. Um, and then I think it was either New Hampshire or Vermont. They had a name that was like Vermud or something like that. Vermud. <laughs> and the Maine just sounds brutal. I, if the, in that documentary I watched, it seemed like the weather was really bad in Maine the whole time. The couple of days, I guess. I need to go see if I can find that. It's on Netflix, whatever it was. I've never been there, but I feel like it's always that way. I can't even imagine doing that shit for 50 days or 40 days straight. And that's not even a long time for the people who are like actually hiking it. Yeah. Like they're out there for six months. I know it's which one would be harder almost. Yeah. I don't even have that much leave. Yeah. My cousin and uncle that did the Colorado trail, I think it took them about seven weeks. Jeez. Leave without pay. I think they're, I think their lives just timed out well where he just retired and she just graduated. So there wasn't a whole lot getting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about perfect. I Was think. it String Bean? Is that the documentary? I don't know. I'd have to see it. That's more like a 14 minute video, it looks like. Oh, no, it is Carl uh, Meltzer's. Is it? Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Uh, Made to be Broken. Yeah, that might be it. Sounds right. Isn't that a song? Like when everything's meant to be broken. Oh yeah. Meg. I just want you to know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little off. But yeah, you're you are close. Anyway, guys, go give it a go check it out. I'd, I'd highly recommend it. I blew through it, I think, three or four days. Oh, nice. That's Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. 
probably used to have that on a playlist somewhere. Yeah. Didn't we all? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we all? I think it still sneaks on to a couple of mine. <laughs> I don't even like it either. It's one of those. Yeah. It's a ballad. Yeah. Now, have and, you noticed on, I guess you guys listen to Spotify, don't you? Yeah. On, on Apple, if one of my playlists runs out, it'll start its own kind of like playlist. That's yeah. Kind of similar, which I enjoy. Uh, a buck Spotify does song. that too. Yeah. <laughs> it popped on there. <laughs> Dude, App- Apple would always, I'd just put it on shuffle and I'd have to go for 150 songs to find one I felt like listening to sometimes. <laughs> Spotify can be the same way, but now they're now that they're algorithm based a little better, I think it'll like, you know, it's like if I shuffle through 20 songs and then listen to like a Turnpike Troubadours song, it'll start playing like more Turnpike Troubadours <laughs> after that. So, I remember when he had to go dig out the Turnpike Troubadour CD <laughs> and put it in your CD player. Go rent <laughs> one from the library. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a building. <laughs> <laughs> My truck actually still has a CD player in it. It does. Mm-hmm. My little Mazda can hold six of them bad boys. Oh yeah, oh man, multi. I'm not bragging. <laughs> you just gotta remember model. what disc is in what number slot. Ah, just fumble through them till you get there. <laughs> I had yeah. a uh, Barry. You don't. I wasn't. I didn't have my my Nissan Sentra at the time. But it was my first car, and I I drove it my first year at Ranger. But the CD, it had a six-CD player, but it was in the fucking trunk of the car. Oh, really? <laughs> so if I wanted to switch out CDs on a long drive, I had to stop at a yeah, rest pull office. over. <laughs> <laughs> wonder whose idea that was. Was know. that by design, or was that something you installed? You know, I don't know. I I kind of think that it, it came like that. Huh. It was a 1992 Nissan Sentra with oh, the, wow. with the retractable uh um seat belt. So every time you open the door it went yeah. all the way. Yeah, you only had to worry about the strap across your yeah. lap. That's called it the dude. white stallion. I hadn't seen anything like that in a long time. You probably won't. I think it makes a comeback. I think you had that like a gold F one fifty or something. Yeah, Sandy. Mint Ranger, yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> Good old days. Engine blew at ninety thousand miles. Really? Yeah, we don't need to bring up that <laughs> so. Should have taken better care of her. Shit, I took that <laughs> truck in there, but that's the problem. It was neglected in her younger years. Yeah, I mean, 90,000 miles of things just getting broken in, man. Like, Should have been. Days. Like, I don't know. Pissing it me. happens. It's a lemon. Yeah. Let's hear about Johnny. Got anything else on North? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Jared, let's hear about the Alaskan laundry. Alaskan Laundry by Brendan Jones. So, uh, this it's a novel fiction. 
It's about a uh, Tara Marconi, 18 years old, is kicked out of her home in Philadelphia by her short-tempered father after a huge falling out, blaming Tara for a family tragedy. That part was kind of sad. But um, so she she uh, finds herself basically homeless, is living with a friend, and decides to call a, a cousin. So Tara um, then calls a, calls her cousin and is connected with a job in Alaska working at a fish hatchery in uh, Port Anno, which is a real place in Alaska. Don't ask me where it is. I haven't Googled it. But um, So when she arrives in Port Anno, she's, uh, she's kind of uh, – she's met by the hatchery manager who gives her a ride to her bunks, but um, she, she, after taking a tour of the town and she's looking at the ferry, she's like, man, fuck, I think I made a bad decision here, but it's too late because the ferry's already taken off. Um, so she's stuck on a place called the rock. Uh, so after a rocky start, Tara's making a, uh, starting to make a good impression on our co-workers um and the locals of port anna and she over time she begins to realize that hard work is the only way to become successful in the alaskan country and that people are up front and not afraid to voice an opinion it was kind of funny the characters throughout this book definitely uh <laughs> had no time for bullshit and they kind of cut straight to the chase on things which which i which i respected in the book it, it was uh i don't know if the people really like that but <laughs> but it, it makes for a great story um so it, and it's funny when she goes to the the fish hatchery um i sent y'all i sent y'all the picture of a line in the book i since working at a fish hatchery i know a lot of the terminology that they're taught like a lot of the stuff they're talking about and one of the characters is like you've got these thin wrists. It'd be great for fish jacking or like, or jerking off a fish. And I was like, well, I happen to know something about that. <laughs> but, uh, so, so Tara Marconi, um, she, she, she becomes friends with, uh, with a, a guy named Newt who lives up there, not to be confused with Newt from the Lonesome Dove series, but, uh, so, and he he's kind of rough, you know. And he has a he has a he has a, he has a wife back on the in the lower forty eight that he's trying to work to get enough money to to bring them up to Alaska. Anyway, uh, she he immediately spots her to to be pretty much a boxer, and Tara is a boxer, and she, apparently she has a pretty stiff right hook that she uses throughout the book, which is pretty funny. Yeah, she got a reputation for being, an, uh, you know, for being pretty tough. <clears throat> but over time, uh, Tara eyes an old tugboat that is for sale, and she aims to make it hers. There's, a, there's an old World War II tugboat at the end of the dock that's kind of a piece of shit that everyone's like, man, why do you want this tugboat and all this other shit? It's got grass growing in the cracks of it. 
But anyway, she falls in love with it, wants to make it hers. There's someone living on the boat that wants to sell it to her for $25,000. <laughs> so she has a new objective. She has a new meaning to life in Alaska now. So now the book is kind of building her. She wants to make more money to purchase the tugboat. Um, so she leaves the, the fish hatchery to work on a tender, which is a boat that other ships bring their catches to to sell um it's basically like a processor um but anyway she leaves she leaves that to to work on a as as a a salmon deckhand so a salmon fishing boat and then works her way all the way up to working on a crabbing boat (laughs) out of dutch harbor like in deadliest catch yeah exactly exactly like that um so she makes a shit ton of money and makes enough money to buy the t- buy her tugboat and i'm gonna leave go. the left i'm gonna leave ending. the rest i'm gonna leave the rest of that it's not so happy but i'm gonna leave it at that um so now, you, all this now you have me intrigued <laughs> yeah I don't want to spoil it in case the good people want to read the book. You know, it, it's it's good. It takes a it, there's a plot twist, but it's a great story of uh, I think of uh, grit, passion, and a little long distance romance because Tara has well when she left she basically left a dude her best friend heartbroken back in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, Behind the downfall of every great man. Yeah, but anyway, they end up making up, and th- this book takes place. It like starts out in 1998, so cell phones are kind of new, so they don't have really they don't have any cell phones, which what for which I think that's interesting, because this book was written published in 2014, but the author placed it back in the late 90s. Curious, but it anyway. was a special time for him. Maybe it was, maybe it was, because he, the Brandon Jones did or does live in Alaska. So a lot of these things he's actually done himself. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of letter communications uh, throughout the book. Maybe he wanted to have that in there. Yeah. The writing back and forth, because we never mm-hmm. would do that these days. No. Because it would, I guess it'd be text messages. And we'd just be sending each other <laughs> emails. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was a great book. I really, I enjoyed it. Um, I just really thought it, it's a funny ass book too. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good tale of a girl trying to make trying something to make of way. herself. Yeah, in a land that's completely new. Not just new, but rough. The people there are, you know, pretty rough. But for my impressions in the book, they're all they're all good people, but rough around the edges. Those are the best kinds. Um, so I couldn't find any one star reviews on Amazon. No, good for them. The best book we've ever reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> but I found three of them there's not a whole lot of reviews period um but there's three on goodreads and they're pretty long but um one in here is definitely the worst book to choose as 
an inaugural read with my girlfriend who is now <laughs> probably questioning many of many of my other recent choices. Wow. That might be too much info. That's, yeah. That's, that's borderline too much information. <laughs> you know, they got a, a boyfriend, girlfriend book club or something. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Oh, my God. Um, you want to see the Venn diagram of me and my wife's reading? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't even connect. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even in the same county. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, it. It's hard to match those Bigfoot romance. I know. <laughs> She's going to kill me if she ever listens to this. <laughs> uh, I wanted so much to like this book, but I only read a few chapters before realizing I didn't have a single reason to care about the main character at all. And not even being set in my home state could save it. That's harsh. That'll go a long ways for me understanding the locale it's funny everyone has their different reasons for writing a book the way they do yeah like too much guessing or <laughs> main character not, not relatable yeah <laughs> no cussing no fussing no uh, yeah that's the alaskan laundry go out nope. and get it who's it by it's by uh brendan jones yeah, this is one of the I found this at Dream a Lot books for like two dollars. But nice. It was a good haul. Oh, I like oh, it. Great. Uh so this guy, Brendan Jones, actually lives on a tugboat in Alaska. Oh no shit. And worked as a commercial fisherman. Um he is on the New York Times in NPR. <laughs> Probably not a lot of folks up there to, to work in either of those, but no, probably not. <laughs> uh, well, good. I had Gwendy's Magic Feather by Richard Chismar. You guys may remember a couple episodes back, I brought uh, Gwendy's Button Box, I think is what it was called which was co-wrote with Chismar and King, a little novella. You got something, Jared? A novella? No. Novella? A novella. <clears throat> but anyways, uh, this was the, the sequel out of, there's a, a trilogy of these books. Uh, the first one was written between those two, and then this one was Chismar only. Um, and then the final one is, is back to both of them, but this book is, is kind of the, the first story fast forwarded about 20 years down the road. Uh, and, and the main character has gone on to become a, a Congresswoman and has come back to Castle Rock, uh, I believe for Christmas. And so really the whole story is basically about her and this, time is now being the congresswoman she's back in her small town for christmas uh but while all this is happening the the button box shows back up in her life and she can't uh can't really figure out why and and then with it come the same same blessings and curses that the button box has always carried um 
super short book is only about 100 uh, I think it's about 170 pages maybe and so and I felt there wasn't a whole lot of story to it um it seems like it was mostly just a big setup for whatever this this third novel is going to be but this one was was slow enough pace that I'm not super excited about that third one but I mean still an entertaining read are you going to read the third one? Or I'll probably get to it eventually just to out of, out of obligation. It feels <laughs> like at this point, but um, there are some one stars. Not recommended at all. Thumbs down. <laughs> Book went into the trash at the first mention of politics. Stick to novels and fiction. And they could have resold it. Yeah, that's too much work for some people. <laughs> they don't want anyone else reading this book. Mm. Very short for the price. Okay, storyline, but unfortunately, King ruined it with political opinions again. But you got to remember, Stephen King didn't write any of this one. Hmm. So that's got, got to do your research before you jokes on them. Let's see. Nothing at all like Stephen King. Well, that's because it wasn't Stephen King. Have you ever thought about like responding? Oh, yeah. Like I would love to. <laughs> hey, dipshit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. This one says terrible. This book was terrible. Nothing happened at all. Nothing. So disappointing. Not a damn thing happened. Yep. Nothing. Can you respond to comments? That doesn't fly. I would be, I would probably lose half a day if I could respond to negative <laughs> Amazon comments. Because you know, those people would be the type to reply back for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It would be great if you could do it to like three-year-old comments too. Yeah. (laughs) This one didn't age well. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I I probably that book I probably would not just be in a huge rush to recommend it. The first one, the first one I would, but you could probably leave it there and get on with your life just fine. The first one being Gwendy's button box. This one with magic feather. Yes. And oh, speaking of the magic feather, one of the one star reviews <laughs> said that the magic feather is a red heron, which I uh, looked up because I did not know what that meant. And I have forgotten what it meant since I looked it up. I actually thought of that term today <laughs> at work as we were dealing with one of those. It is something, especially a clue that is or is intended to be misleading or distracting is the Google dictionary definition. What was going on at work? I, they, we had some data that was just threw everything, everyone for a loop, but we couldn't figure it out. And, and I'm like, I bet those came from that tank. And like everyone's like, yep, yeah, I think so too. So I solved it. I solved the mystery. 
you got a tank with some wacky widgets or what? <laughs> Seems like a problem. Yeah, after it's been through four more stations at the. Well, use it in a sentence this week, guys. Red herring. Is it herring or herring? Right. I, I think it's herring. H-E-R-R-O-N. Or no, it is herring. I'm sorry. Herring? Yeah, red herring. Like, like the fish? Yeah. That's the number one dictionary definition is a dried smoked herring, which is turned red by the smoke. Fuck. I got to go to Walmart. Get a dictionary. No, to get some red herring. I bet a red herring would eat a red herring. No doubt. Let's use it in the context of our. <laughs> John. Yeah. You had a race. Oh, oh yeah. shit, John. Yeah, I uh, I ran the Carolina Beach State Park Trail Half Marathon. Woo! It is the longest race name I have ever raced. <laughs> Longer than the race itself. Did yeah. they put it all on one medal? Yeah. Jesus, how many dollar a character? That's tough. Yeah. Well, they saved the money on the medal. <laughs> oh. uh, remind me to come back to that. <laughs> um, so this oh. was in Carolina Beach, North Carolina, which is just south of Wilmington. Um, it's Could in the, the state Carolina? park. Hmm? Could you see South Carolina from there? I didn't even try to look, honestly. You probably could. Pretty southern, right? That's got to be yeah, like. That's right on Cape Fear. Yeah. Okay. So I doubt you'd be able to see it, though, because North Carolina comes kind of hooks back down. Mm. And uh, it's got that inlet, or I don't know, almost a bay. Yeah. This time of year, I think you can watch the sunset over the ocean. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about that. But uh, this this half marathon, um, it's it was on Sunday, January second. So I thought it'd be a good good way to start off the year. It's pretty well run. I think um, they didn't do a whole lot of communication, but you didn't need much to get out there. But the, the course started out on the road, and it, on the road through outside of the state park and then through the state park. And it was about a mile before we ended up on the trail. And they had told us there was some knee deep water at mile three. So we were looking forward to that. We got to a mile and a half and there was, came up on a line of people trying to walk across a log. What? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, fuck Why that. Why don't they just go through it? I, <laughs> that's what I did. And bypassed like 20 <laughs> people because they were, 
I'm like, you're going to get wet in half a mile. Right. From yeah. You yeah. know it's coming. So it, it meandered through the park and then we got to the, this little, I don't even know what you call it, like a spur uh-huh. that we had to run. And this whole thing was just water on the, on the oh, trail, ankle deep and knee deep water. <laughs> I, I had worn gaiters and they were doing pretty well until I got, there and then <laughs> flooded my shoes uh but at that point i was having a lot of fun i was having to actually dial myself back um because the times were coming in way faster than they needed to be uh, i had kind of went out there and set a goal of running uh 75 of each mile and walking 25 percent yeah uh, i made a game time decision and started off with 80 20 um turn into 100 actually so my fourth mile after the water i did do the 100 of the miles so i could kind of catch back up to that's oh, when yes. we came to the sand dunes <laughs> and it was two miles of just running through soft sand uphill not it was a berry's gradual incline but um it was just brutal through there i was feeling great at that point and got out of there and like, I still have seven miles to go. <laughs> Did, uh, <clears throat> I mean, were you like covered in sand after that? That would have really, that would have irritated me probably. Yeah, I didn't really notice the sand too much, even on my shoes and, and my feet. Um, Did you afterwards. Have sand in your, uh-huh. I did not. I actually <laughs> had no chafing. Whatsoever. That's I, good. <laughs> I got the, I've got the chafing dialed in now. Nice. That's important. <laughs> I used a KT blister tape um, on my nipples, and it was barely hanging on at the end, but it, it was still there. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but then there was so, and miles, I guess six through ten, they were just back through the trails, and you were just kind of meandering, meandering through there. And, there was a, two aid stations, uh, mile four and mile nine. Damn, so there's a pretty good stretch in between them. Yeah. Um, they didn't tell you that either. There was, like, not real good information <laughs> on that. I didn't stop at the first one. I stopped at the second one and just got a shot of water. Um, I And then I, for fuel. Did you fueling, get a shot of fireball? I did not. Was it there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. They had Gatorade though. <laughs> same, same. Uh, same, same, but different. <laughs> uh, my fueling for the race was uh, I, uh, Huma gels, which were in, inspired by the uh, Born to Run. And I liked them. I, I mean, I don't love the, the concentrated gel in my mouth, but they seem to do the trick keeping me energized i didn't like the splooge that comes out of it you just gotta close your eyes and swallow john (laughs) and it'll be over in a second (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not a fan of gels at all i i I was just desperate for something today for this race i hadn't experimented I feel like Huma is the best out of 
out of I, I've I've tried a lot of gels. I, I, I haven't tried uh, <coughs> Morton yet. Morton, yeah. Uh, I haven't tried those yet, but to me, Huma is by far better than. It's like, definitely the cleanest, or in my in my opinion. Yeah, you can pronounce everything on the ingredient list. Yeah. I, the, the only thing I don't like about it is rice flour, but I can I can deal with that. But um, so it, the, the day before I went out there and kind of hiked around and kind of got a feel for what the trails were going to be like. And um, I'd actually hiked the last stretch of it without knowing it. And I realized that the next morning when I uh, when the start line was where I had come out at one point. And so we're running through, it's about, I guess it was, I just finished the, my 11th mile maybe. And I'm back at that point where I started that I knew it was like 0.7 miles, 0.75 miles to the, through this one trail. And I'm like, so are they going to weave us around something else that I didn't know about? (laughs) And some guys like less than a mile. And I'm, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. I, I got, well, it's, this last trail is pretty smooth and right along. Uh, it's called Snow's Cut, just the uh, uh, inner coastal waterway. And sure enough, at 12.1, I popped out and crossed the finish line. Wow. Would you it rather have been 12.1 or, or 15.1? Uh, that day it would have been 12.1 yeah <laughs> there's some interesting people out there one guy was running the jorts well, hold on now that's not a dig at the south is it it's, it's, <laughs> could be coastal north carolina so it was wearing probably, like leggings probably from myrtle beach dude probably. <laughs> it was probably from myrtle beach i'm telling you that's awfully close <laughs> And these were cutoffs. These weren't like down to his knees. These were Daisy yeah. Dukes. Short shorts. That's definitely yeah. Myrtle Beach. That screams North Myrtle. At one point, I came Conway. up on this lady and she, <laughs> this lady was on the phone. This was at five miles and she's on the phone talking to her friend saying, I'm five miles in and I'm done. You're right. <laughs> And she ain't so, done. Did you tell her she ain't done? Like, I haven't even thought got about to the it, good but, part yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, since I was run walking, I was, she was passing me every now and then. And um, I finally passed her and stayed ahead of her. And she kept going. And at the end, I told her, Good job. I heard you saying at mile five that you were done. And she's like, Thank you. Can you believe they gave us this crap? And she held up the medal. And it was just. <laughs> oh, this, right. Cheap piece of wood. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's funny. She's gonna leave a one star review for sure. Yeah. Was there longer distances? Nope. Those it was a half and a five k, and everybody got the same hat and metal <laughs> all for the, both. All the same swag. Yeah. Man, I've run a race where I just got a sticker. <laughs> Proud of it too. Yeah. You know, I I kind of expect something in return for you know these ultras especially or 
160 bucks, you know, I mean, I get, obviously I get aid stations and an incredible event, but you know, I want to, I want a nice shirt or something yeah, or a hat. I'm a little upset with these things, even though I wear it all the time. Dude, the hat was came out way better than. Yeah, they should have done hats for the 50k. Where is that? Is that it? Yeah, that that's a the... sweet beanie, man. I, yeah, I'm that's not complaining. Cool. That'd be great to have to run in. Be a little bob on your head. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> it was real nice out there. It was 70 degrees. And... Nice. So... It was humid. I was soaked. A picture of me is uh, my my shorts are not shiny. And <laughs> they had a shine to them. Your face, though, I think that's what really. I was about done at that point. I had over underestimated this course because it's pretty much flat. There's a couple hills and a couple kind of gradual grades, but. Like, ah, whatever. It's in the state park. It's, it should be fine. And it was it was tough with all the water and the sand. It was not fine. Good job, John. Thank you. Proud of you. Appreciate it. That was, you know, you had texted me saying that you had wanted to break, I think it was three hours, and then the next goal was 240, which would have been a PR. And – I knew you were going to get that as soon as you said it because this is the most prepared you've ever been for an event as far as I can remember. It definitely is. I've never put in a double-digit training run for any half marathon. <laughs> what about for when you're in, in your Ironman days? Did you ever do one? Yeah, my I had a I was looking through Strava, and I had a 15 and a 16-miler on there, but that's about it. I wasn't taking those seriously either. Yeah. <laughs> We'll keep it going. Keep rolling. We'll I think keeping a keeping a race on the horizon is always kind of the key. Mm-hmm. Give you something to work for. Yeah. There you got to get one down on yours. Uh, I'm gonna do Wild Canyon again. I think in April. Oh, shit. See if I can knock some time off the of last year's. Hell yeah. And get shaken down by the park police again. But John. Did you camp out there? No, I was planning to, and then someone got mad at me for going to be away on the on New Year's <laughs> Eve. Mm. And Brother, I, I actually there. just stayed at a hotel and paid way too much for the ocean view. Mm. Did she go with you? Nope. No. Uh, we didn't have dog sitter. So why at didn't you camp? got the ocean view. Hmm? Why didn't you camp then? Because they don't have check-in till four, and the sun sets at five, and I'm just like, I'm not fucking with this. Yeah, I can understand that. And the, the Razorbacks were playing that day, and John, you could have asked them nicely <laughs> if I could check in. I've actually have never had an early check-in request denied. I've never I thought about think. that. I ask. I ask always. <laughs> On Airbnb, I ask every time for sure. Hotels, maybe not as much, but uh, my hotel was nice. I checked in the day before uh, on through the app, and it was ready at one o'clock for me for a three p.m. check in. 
And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go watch the second half of the game there yeah. and not just sit here with food in front of me. To me, if, if you're talking about like a weekend trip somewhere, the difference between being able to check in at noon and check in at four is tremendous. Changes mm-hmm. the whole weekend, I think. Yeah. It's nice to just be able to drop your stuff off and not have it in a car. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Especially if you got the dog with you and everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Do that. So keep it going, John. We'll do. Appreciate y'all's support and inspiration. I guess. So. Keep crushing it, man. Yeah, I started running with You're you when you great. guys did the with fifty k and the fifty miler. Yeah. Keep it up. We'll all go do one in November. All right. Like we got Jared's agreement. Hell yeah. Let's do it. Jared, you got anything? Nope. <laughs> Good. Hey, no. Keep getting them miles in, man. Everyone. Yeah, keep getting them in. Stack your books, log your miles. I have not finished a book yet this year. It's still early, though. Sixth. I'm on pace then, I guess. I'm I'm happy I got one done so far. Yeah, good job. John's probably on like four or five. I'm about to say. Not yet. I'm (laughs) halfway through one. It's it's a deep one, though. What is it? Uh, man's search for meaning. Oh yeah, I've read that back in the day. Be a quick one, Jared. What do you got? What's everyone got on the radar? Oh man, I don't know. I've got three different books I can pick from. Oh man, but that's the worst. I got two Christmas uh books. I'm probably gonna pick from one of them books they're not about christmas i got them for christmas yeah i had to think about it for a second well, I, good. I had to clarify i look forward <laughs> to hearing about polar express in like july <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's about when luke's ready to start reading it and today i read polar express yeah <laughs> So, all right, I'll have on tap after this. Um, I'm working on 1776 right now. What, yeah, yeah. Fun fact when we were in high school, those was the academic team's um history, the history portion of the academic team had to read that book in Texas. UIL, yeah, I think it was my senior year. Wow, must be informative. It's a pretty good read. It's got, you know, it's not totally dry. I just hadn't been reading a whole lot other than my required 10 pages, which is separate from that. <laughs> Different book. But making progress. So, all right. Onward and upward. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. 
We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. Don't forget to check out our website, bourbonbookshelf.com, where you can find links to purchase any of the books we have covered on this show. We do receive very minor financial compensation if you purchase through the Amazon affiliate links, which we will use to continue to grow the show and keep it ad-free. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the show, telling your friends, and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us to continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode on our website or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you, and we'll talk to you soon.